Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I don't know what I'm going up there for. I'll be preaching from up there later. Uh, so glad you're here. For the podcast listeners, this is the service for August 8th, 2021, and I'm glad you're listening, and I'm glad everyone's here. This is our sixth time back in, in service, right? I got a couple of... That's nuts. Yeah, round of applause, I guess. Yeah. It's so glad. I'm, I don't know about you, but... I can get used to this. Um, I still want to give a, a blanket statement that since this variant is coming out, and if you're at all um, not at peace with not wearing a mask, feel free to wear a mask. Is the power out, or did somebody hit the light switch? Okay. <laughs> Turn off your cell phones. That's what that was about. Uh, uh, man, it's, things are going a mile a minute. I just need to take a breath for a second. All right, there we go. Um, got a couple announcements, and a lot of them have to do with parking. Um, one of them is the parking lot, OC Fair. You come over here, and it's really easy. You put a, like a shiny vest on. You throw out a sign that says five bucks. And people give you $5 to park in our lot. And over the weekend, we brought in $3,000, close to $3,000. Can you believe that? Uh, yeah, praise God, right? Um, it's weird, because I worked one night, and I brought in like 200 <laughs> So I, I think it has a lot to do with the music that's happening at the fair. I did it with the Commodores in war. I thought, you know, Commodores would bring some people, but now Lionel left back in the 70s or 80s, and I guess they're not bringing as many people. Anywho, um, the other parking thing is we've run into some trouble with the, the chargers are still here. Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 11 and you need to grab one of these parking passes if you are going to be at the church. Um, there it is. And you pick these up at the front office. So if you want to visit the church between 9 and 11 um, during the week, Monday through Saturday, uh, pick one of these up, and they'll be here through the 20th. So there's that. And then one last announcement is this orange sheet. We're already looking forward to September. It's interesting. Los Ranchos, we already have, we've had a meeting of pastors discussing Advent. Advent, you know, Christmas. Isn't that bizarre? I think settle down, people, okay? We need to slow this train down. It's not by chance that when I first preached here, when I first started, our first series out of the gate was slowing down and Sabbath. And I think God had us go through that journey to prepare us for right now. Um, The world's getting in a hurry. And as God's people, we need to be patient with one another, listening to one another. I was just sitting with a congregant right before service, and I this has been a one-way conversation, this whole pandemic. I've been telling you, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. I haven't gotten to hear any of your stories. Be patient. I want to hear your stories. I, I want to get to know you. 
Have I told you that I love being here? Yes, Susan White says yes. So she's, she, yeah. Anyway, it's awesome to be back in the same room on a Sunday morning with Susan White. Anyway, round of applause again, I guess. Okay, I think that's it on the announcements. Is that it on the announcements? Is there something else I'm missing? Oh, there's a sign-up for that parking lot. And it's on a big whiteboard that's a Sharpie. And um, you just sign your name, put your email, your phone number, just so we know, and we can walk you through uh, how to do it. And then this yellow sheet, you make your checks payable to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, and you write in the memo line for the all-church picnic. You know, um, I was at a seminar a leadership conference that Tim hooked me up with tickets to, you know, that leadership conference, the global leadership. And this guy was talking, he was a, like a generational expert. And he said, I can tell you who is in what generation with a couple questions. And the first question was, Does, who has a check on them? <laughs> right? <laughs> and this, you know, it was a generational deal. Uh, and another one was a wristwatch. That was one that I was surprised by. Uh, it's a, yeah, right here. Mine has, looks like a... Anyway, um, look at your neighbor. And this is in lieu of going around and hugging each other. Look at your neighbor. Look at the person to your right and to your left. Just take in the truth that we are one people this morning. We come together as individuals and the Holy Spirit binds us together and we worship the God of the, the Scriptures, the triune God of the Scriptures. Would you please stand as I call us to worship and I'm going to do so with Psalm 130. This is the Passion Translation. Lord, I cry out to you out of the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O God. Answer this prayer and hear my plea for mercy. Lord, if you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? But your forgiving love is what makes you so wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshipped. This is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. Let us worship the Lord.
this time, I'd like to invite all the children up for today's message. So there's an old Sunday school, and yes, I'm going to be singing to you guys today, um, that's, that lots of people like to sing, and they even sing this at Everly's Preschool, and it's called, Oh, Be Careful, Little Eyes. Have you guys heard of this song? No? Well, let me enlighten you. <laughs> Maybe I can sing with me. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, where you go. <laughs> so this song reminds me of a letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the church in a city called Ephesus. And in his letter, Paul wrote, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Be filled with the Spirit singing psalms and spiritual songs, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's some good advice, right? It was a good advice to the Ephesians almost 2,000 years ago, and it is still good advice today. Pray with me. God, we're thankful for Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Help us live out those teachings in our daily life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And at this time, all children are dismissed to Sunday school.
Michael, thank Micah, thank you so much. Absolutely beautiful. And the Atkinses thought some flowers were in order. <laughs> right on by. Come on up. I'll walk you down to your chair so you can enjoy the rest of worship. Jesus said, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Let us with boldness approach the throne of grace, seeking and asking God's forgiveness that we may find grace to help in time of need. Join me in the prayer of confession. For failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us. For plundering the earth and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strange to us and ignoring those in need, God of grace, forgive us. For losing hope and abandoning hope, God of grace, forgive us. For all the ways we turn from you, God of grace, forgive us. We offer our prayers in the name of the one who saves us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Lord has said, If my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. God's mercy is everlasting and beyond all understanding. And because of that mercy, I can say, in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven.
We good to go? Hey, there I am. Let's worship together.
amazing God, right? He tells the lightning boats both where they should go. That's uh, in this text, too, uh, the sovereignty of God. We're in Esther. Uh, this thing's a little hot, but I can hear a little humming. Maybe that's, uh, I don't know, maybe that's my caffeine coming out. Um, we're in Esther, and we started last week with the first chapter of Esther, and I, I titled that sermon, An R-Rated Beginning. And um, most pastors kind of skip over the first chapter because it, it points out that uh, what a mess the world is, right? Um, it's an R-rated world. There's messy stuff going on. I don't know if you've noticed any news stories lately, but um, I found a quote that kind of sums up that first, um, that first chapter. Before we read our text, I'd love to read it. Um, It's John Goldengate. He says, Gross self-indulgence for which other people pay the price. Oppression and abuse, anti-Semitism and slaughter are facts of the world in which we live. One of the great characteristics of the Bible is that it faces those facts. Then, most scandalously, It invites us to assume that God is involved in this world, even in its wickedness. That's how the the book of Esther starts. And I mentioned also, God is never named in this book. So he's working behind the scenes. Let's read this morning's text, Esther chapter 2, starting in verse 5, ending in verse 11. Now there was a Jew in the citadel of Susa, whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer, son of Shemel, son of Kish, a Benjamite, a Benjaminite, a Benjaminite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem among the captives carried away with King Jeconiah of Judah, whom King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had carried away. Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is, Esther, his cousin, for she had neither father nor mother. The girl was fair and beautiful. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai adopted her as his own daughter. So when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in in the citadel of Susa, Susa in custody of Haggai, Esther also was taken into the king's palace and put in custody of Haggai, who had charge of the women. The girl pleased him and won his favor, and he quickly provided her with her cosmetic treatments and her portion of food, and with seven chosen maids from the king's palace, and advanced her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not reveal her people or kindred, 
For Mordecai had charged her not to tell. Every day Mordecai would walk around in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I heard, it's kind of like leading a junior high group right now. I heard a couple of people saying, he said harem. <laughs> the pastor said harem. Uh, the chapter, the chapter verse, uh, verse 5, the whole story shifts. So it's been an R-rated beginning, but then we meet our two key characters, Mordecai and Esther. And we learn some important stuff right in this, these few verses about Mordecai and Esther. First, we learn about Mordecai. We learn of his lineage. Leslie Allen writes, Mordecai's bio contains other useful information for the plot at hand. He is from the family line of the first king of Israel, Saul. The introduction of Mordecai in 2.5 echoes the introduction of Saul in, in 1 Samuel 9.1 with references to Kish, Shimei, second, that's in 2 Samuel 16, and the tribe of Benjamin. This biographical information helps explain the tension between Mordecai and Haman. We're going to meet Haman in a little bit, actually next week. The, Ad, the Agagite in chapter 3 and following. The conflict that is about to unfold is framed as a new chapter in the ancient conflict between Israel and the Amalekites, between Saul and Agag. Perhaps even centuries later, there's a chance to rectify Saul's failure. So there's a subplot that's coming through the Old Testament, and it's eventually going to end in the Messiah. But he's, he's in this lineage and this story is a redemption story, and it's a story of rectifying wrong relationships, even with the craziest of circumstances. Because you haven't, if you haven't read Esther, it's a pretty intense, it's a unique book, and it has some unique twists. It could easily be a Game of Thrones episode. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Game of Thrones stuff, but easily. It's, it's messy, and it's mixed up. But God, even though unnamed, is straight in the heart of it. And Mordecai, we meet him, and he's a beautiful male character. Um, Right now I'm reading The Idiot by Dostoevsky. I don't know if anybody has ever read it, but in prepping for it, I was doing some research. Why Why did Dostoevsky write the book The Idiot? It's Dostoevsky's, and it's actually in Russian, it's the holy fool. It's not the idiot. It's the holy fool. And it's the book that Dostoevsky says, I was trying to to describe and put out there a book about the most beautiful man character. I think there's a tie between Mordecai in the holy fool of Dostoevsky. There's this rich wisdom. And you automatically start to see it in, later in just the text that we read this morning. So I'm, drinking, I, I'm hitting fast forward because we got like five minutes until the service is over. But is everybody, is everybody with me? Okay, Mordecai, he's got lineage. This guy is also, he's cousins. 
This is a story about cousins with Esther. He's, he's, he's of the same generation. He's probably older, but he's of the same generation. And we find out right here that Esther's parents have died. And cousin Mordecai has stepped up to the plate and is taking care of his cousin, Esther. Do you remember that song, uh, Fast Car, by Tracy Chapman? You got a fast car. Anybody remember that one? A couple of people know I wasn't listening that decade. <laughs> I skipped over that decade because I thought it was trash. But that's another sermon. She says in that song, somebody's got to take care of him. So I quit school and that's what I did. And it's talking about a daughter who's raising a deadbeat dad who's been left by her husband. Esther's no deadbeat and hasn't been left by deadbeat parents, but her parents are gone. Her, her parents are gone too soon. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's a, actually, it's, a, it's an image of Israel. It's a, like a, it's a parallel between Israel. A, a, a people without a leader. A people without a king. A people without someone to look out for their, their needs. Is represented by this woman who doesn't have parents standing up for her at the parent-teacher conferences. So her cousin steps in the gap. So we get a bit of, like a, a bit of a Okay, this Mordecai, he sees the truth. That family's worth something. And then we meet Esther. First thing we find out about her, she's beautiful. She's beautiful inside and out. There's a sermon insert right here about if you say something is good, That means more if it's morally good, ethically good, and artistically good, right? As Reina was playing the cello, that was good in every sense of the word, right? It's beautifully artistic, it's well done. And it washes over our souls and heals in a specific and unique way. Right? Esther's the real deal. In chapter 1, there's all these people that look good on the outside, but nothing's going on inside. And in comes the hero of this story, cousin of Mordecai. She steps on on the stage, and she's got depth She's got wisdom. She's got external and internal beauty. And then she's found favor. She's both found favor and she's gained favor. Both show up. The Hebrew terms are ken and vatissa. 
Everybody say that with me. First, Ken. Ken. And that's the passive. That's the same one that Joseph. You remember Joseph, the story of Joseph in Genesis, where he found favor? It wasn't anything he did. God just picked him and said, this is my boy right here. And he moves him around and puts him on these amazing places, right? And so there's a piece of that, Nestor. The sovereignty of God is a truth we need to hear right now more than ever. It's going to be all right. That's a, that's a key statement made in this book. Although it all seems like it's out of control and chaotic. God knows what's going on, and he's not surprised by it. God has his hand firmly upon you and I. As he did Esther. But then there's also Batissa. If you say that. Batissa. Batissa. And that's the wisdom of Esther where she gains favor. She gains favor by being the real deal out of the limelight. I think I've already mentioned, uh, first time I ever saw a musician named Jack White. Does anybody remember that story? Jack White, he's in a band called White Stripes. He's in the Rackin' Tours. He's in a bunch of other little bands. He grew up in the streets of Detroit. And um, I saw him, and he was a late-night talk show, and he was just playing in between, like, you know, the, like right towards the end, you know, like late-night talk shows do that. And he stood up on the stage, and he started to shred the guitar. And he was melting faces. Not, not literally, but <laughs> metaphorically. He was just doing stuff I'd never seen done with a guitar. And he's, doing, he's playing with effects, and he's, he's showing his expertise of every style of guitar playing there is. He's playing some jazz. He's playing some classical. He's playing some rock and roll. He's playing some... A bit of everything. And I'm, I'm just in awe of this dude. First thought that pops into my head is, that guy has spent so many hours behind closed doors playing his guitar, it's ridiculous. It takes that amount of energy and takes that amount of effort. We, sh- we see Esther, and she is playing Life. And the first thing that's not written on the pages, but it's obvious, is she has been relating with her Heavenly Father a lot behind closed doors. She knows exactly what life is about. She knows exactly how to play the game. And she knows exactly how to be used by God the most in her setting. There's will. Also, I wanted to shout out to Mike. Just uh, I skipped over it. Uh, Mordecai literally nurses. Anyway, he's a male nurse. I love that guy. Anyway, back to the, back to the text. We're cruising. Application. I think there's no. There's one more thing. There's one more point. Here it is. What is it? Turn the page. Do you ever? Uh, anyway. 
Steve Atkins knows that. Anyway, uh, I'm way distracted. Uh, I will say, turn the page brings me back to another time that God had his hand on me. And it was when Dawson McAllister was preaching at E.B. Free Fullerton, and I was a high school student. And um, he would say that. He would say, what's the answer? What's the answer? Turn the page. And that was just one of his catchphrases. But it was right around that time that God began calling me into the ministry. And he's had his hand on my life, and he's brought me here today. I don't want to skip over that my wife and I, we were called into the ministry in 2001 when we were married. And for those 20 years, we've been a place, we've been at a place for two to three years, and then God has moved us. Not anymore. I remember two years ago when I was being questioned by y'all, somebody said, are you going to stick around? Because it looks like in the past you guys move every two seconds. <laughs> yeah, should, we, should we bet on another horse? And I want to I insert what I say right here. I want to be buried right here. <laughs> You're stuck with me. And I'm stuck with you. Right? We're called together to look up to Christ. This is a totally separate sermon. Sorry about that. <laughs> Last point of the text is keep it secret. Mordecai has mysteriously said, I know how to play this game. You don't want to let everybody know your cards. You want to play it secret. You want to keep it safe. It reminds me of Survivor. Who's ever watched Survivor? Right? Whenever there's like a professional athlete or like a survivalist or something like that, they always say to the camera, I'm not telling anybody that I can beat everyone here. Right? That's what this is. Applications. Hope comes from these pages. The sovereign God of the universe wasn't surprised then, isn't surprised now. He's got you and I. He has us. Take a breath. Look at your family. Does someone need you? I'm not saying it's God's message in this book that you be take on a savior complex and try and save everybody around you. I am saying it says in this text, family's important. Family is important. God moves amongst church families and family families. And listen to Esther. Invite God to make you into the real deal behind closed doors. Ask God for wisdom. That God might actively find favor in your story. Let's continue in worship. Let's stand and sing.
As we continue in worship, uh, for those of you at home, if you want to send your tithes and gifts, you send them to PCC, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. All right? Yeah? And then if you're here, there's uh, offering plates in the back. Um, God has been continuing to provide through your generosity and your fidelity. And I thank you, and the whole church staff thanks you. Um, Let's give back to God what's been given to us. Offering is now received. Anyone feel burned out? I just feel it. And it's been a crazy week for a lot of us. It's been a crazy year. But this week in particular has just seemed to be a lot of curveballs. And I've heard it from a lot of people. So I know I'm saying it and somebody's feeling it, if not most of you, because I see a lot of head shakes. And as I was thinking about the offer today, I tried to pick music that is directly applicable to what is being spoken about. But for some reason, this not old, old song, but older song uh, came to mind. And I just thought, I think you guys need to just remember that there's a lot of people that are grateful for you. That even if you are feeling burned out or struggling with something, and you sometimes wonder, are the things that I'm doing adding up to anything? Is anyone even taking notice? I know some people are really lonely. Um, and, and you do these good deeds and you think, what's the point? You look at America and you're wondering, why aren't we even nice anymore? But I'm, I'm trying my best to be nice. I just want to say thank you. There's someone who is taking notice. And more people than you know have been changed because of you. And however long we live, we're all going, hopefully, to the same place. And there's someone that's really grateful for your life. I dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing Then someone called your name You turned and saw this young man He was smiling as he came And he said, friend, you may not know me now. Then he said, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. So thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. 
that another man stood before you. He said, remember the time a missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money. Oh, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. So we say thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. One by one they came, far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done and sacrifices made unnoticed on the earth in heaven now proclaim. And I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry. I am almost sure that there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord. He said, my child, look around you, for great is your reward. So we sing together. I am alive that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Oh, we sing one more time. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am alive was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. I am so glad you gave. I am so I think we all needed that. Thank you. Um, 
Amy had a, a crisis with her dog this morning and had to rush to the vet, so she's not here. But she sent me the prayer that she had prepared. So you may be hearing my voice, but it's Amy's words. So the author of Hebrew admonishes us in 13.3, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And there in chapter 5, the Hebrews author reminds us the God that said, never will I leave, never will he leave us, never will he forsake us. Standing on that admonition and promise, let us bring our prayers before our God who is always there, who is always available to heal and to comfort. Pray with me. Holy and merciful God, we come before you as your little children, yearning to be comforted by you. There is so much in the world that is good and uplifting. The Olympic Games have demonstrated peace among nations, goodwill and sportsmanship toward one another. May this ethos of camaraderie and goodwill continue as the games come to a close and all the athletes return home. Thank you for this time when the world could come together in demonstration of athletic prowess and healthy competition. Thank you, too, for raising awareness during the games on how important our mental health is and how, like our physical health, we need to take care of our mental health. We pray your blessing and healing balm on all who are dealing with mental health issues. Lord, there is so much to pray for. We continue to pray for an end to the coronavirus pandemic worldwide. Lord, hasten the vaccine distribution and thwart this invader virus. We ask for your healing touch on everyone infected. Several in our congregation have family members infected with the coronavirus. We pray for your healing on each one. In the midst of rising COVID cases in this country and yet another looming surge, we pray for your mercy and grace. Guide each one of us to be a part of your solution. Father, we pray, too, for the wildfires raging in Northern California, Oregon, and Nevada. Bring rain and favorable weather conditions to bring these fires under control. Protect the firefighters who are working tirelessly to save lives and property. We pray, too, for all of those that have been displaced by the fires and that are in harm's way even as we pray now. May your helping hand, comfort, and guidance be on all. Lord Jesus, we have so many needs right here in our midst, and cover each one here and listening with your healing grace. We lift up Phyllis Smith, who is out of the hospital but remains critically ill. 
May your healing hand touch her and may she, you, may she feel your Holy Spirit comforting her. We pray too for Jane Werner. May your mercy and grace comfort her and her family. Lord, we pray for your continued healing and presence for Keith Goslin. We pray for your protection for Elsie's daughter in Indonesia, that she may get the medical care that she needs. Father God, we pray for our church, for Pastor Jason and his family, for our elders and our deacons. Be with us, guide us, give us your wisdom and discernment for this local outpost in your kingdom. May we all be known as Christ followers in a world that needs you. We continue praying as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we sing another one of these old favorite hymns.
Thanks again for joining us for worship this morning, mid-toil and tribulation, right? God's with us. This is excellent. Receive this morning's benediction. Before you do that, make sure you sign up to, if you want to be a part of that parking revolution. And then also, if you want to uh, fill out one of these things and come to the church picnic following the service, September 5th, that'd be awesome. Um, but now, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.